diving deep into Cardinals baseball with World Series champion Brad Thompson on the Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN, driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back. It's the Redbird Report podcast. It's our final podcast, guys. Final podcast before we have actual real games and things to break down. Opening day is tomorrow. It's the Cardinals. It's the Blue Jays. It's a 3-10 start, and it's going to be awesome. I know many of you listen to this. You've been Cardinal fans forever. Hopefully, you've had the opportunity to go to opening day before. If you haven't, maybe just go down. Even if you can't get a ticket, just go down be a part of it. Stuff starts early. You guys know there's people tailgating early, early. I think the official things start at like 10 30 10 30 to 12 30 there's an opening day pep rally over at ballpark village my main man fred bird's gonna get it going over there among uh, many other people gates are gonna open at noon and uh, it's all gonna go down but get there early you know how crazy it is on opening day and uh, look i can't wait i can't wait to break down this entire season with you guys but since we last spoke the cardinals have, in fact, got themselves a roster for this opening day. And to no surprise, yet maybe a little surprise when we came into it, thinking, boy, everything had to be perfect for this to shake out. The young Jordan Walker, 20-year-old, he ends up making the team, and rightfully so, uh, because he tore it up yet again in spring training. They gave him an opportunity, and he rolled with it. And that's exactly what you wanted to see. You knew they were going to give him reps, and you knew that with Newt going to the WBC, with O'Neill going to the World Baseball Classic as well, that there were going to be a lot of at-bats. You knew that the young Jordan Walker was going to get plenty of them. What would he do with them? Well, he parlayed those into a job at the big league level at 20 years old. Apparently on Sunday morning, he woke up to over 750 text messages from family and friends. I'm sure that's going to take a while to get back. I don't know about you guys. I'm not great at responding right away. Uh, Maybe you send a group text to all of those people. Uh, But either way, a huge congrats to him. We've talked a lot about Jordan throughout this podcast, throughout this offseason. He's such an exciting player. He's such a great young man. He's going to be a fantastic representative for the Cardinals. And here is the beginning, right? Opening day is going to be his first step. And you know that if he's on the roster, he's going to be in there on opening day. And I do think that we got a bit of a preview of what the lineup is likely to look like tomorrow against the Toronto Blue Jays. And I think we got that preview on Monday against the Baltimore Orioles in the finale of Grapefruit League play. So here's what that lineup looked like. It had Brendan Donovan leading off and playing second base. No surprise there. Lars Newtbar batting second and playing left. Goldie batting third and playing first base. Nolan Arenado playing third base and batting cleanup. Wilson Contreras doing the catching and batting fifth. Tyler O'Neill in center field and batting sixth. Nolan Gorman, we'll talk a little bit more about him a little later in the podcast, but him at the DH spot batting seventh, and Jordan Walker playing right, batting eighth, with Tommy Edmond rounding things out, playing shortstop, and batting ninth. I feel like I feel pretty confident, okay, if you are playing the lineup game. I know a lot of you who are listening to this are also fans of the fast lane on 101 ESPN, and they do the lineup game on the fast lane. Every day they try to predict it. I got a feeling you got a good chance of going nine for nine with that lineup they threw out there. How do you feel about that lineup? Like I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I feel like there are 
table setters. You certainly have table clearers. And if everything goes the way that you hope that it goes, and I know that we can hope in one hand, and you know what, we can just hope. And you look at it and say, okay, well, I know what 345 is. I believe that Donovan is a really good a guy that can get on base. We saw the 394 clip last year. We've seen some added power. I love him at the top. Uh, I do wonder if that second spot, as we talked about in the last podcast, if that second spot in the lineup, does that tweak a little bit throughout the season? Absolutely. There will be some fluidity to that, but it's going to be very important. But when you just look right now at 6-7-8-9, potentially, in the opening day lineup, O'Neal, Big-time power, big-time speed. Gorman, huge power from the left side. Jordan Walker could very well win the Rookie of the Year. If things shake out, this young man could be in the conversation for MVP. Am I dreaming big? Yeah, maybe, but you've seen the skill set already. You've seen him show it off at 20 years old. It could absolutely happen. And then you have Tommy Edmond, who is just another leadoff hitter for you that ripped 32 stolen bases last year. And I I think that we're going to see big things out of Tommy this year as well. That is a deep, deep lineup if everything works the way that you expect it to work. So we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out throughout the season. But exciting to have that many high upside players. And you see why nationally there are so many different outlets, whether it's The Athletic, ESPN, CBS, Baseball America, wherever wherever you're going for your different content that everybody is as high on the Cardinals as they are because there is a lot of upside. I get it. You want to see it. Uh, it's the show-me state. I guarantee somebody's, somebody's saying that somewhere. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. we got a chance to show it starting tomorrow. Uh, a couple of surprises on the roster as uh, as we've talked about. Taylor Motter making the team. How about Motter? He's bounced around. He's been on uh, – this will be a seventh major league team that he's been a part of. Been a journeyman, bounced around, cup of coffee, a couple different places, played two games for the Reds last year, but had a strong spring. Showed off the glove over at third and at first aggressive with the bat, has some power, and has that versatility that the Cardinals wanted. On the flip side of that, that sends Juan Yepes out. Juan Yepes, as you remember, look, he showed big spurts of power. He can hit for average. He showed in June last year. I mean, he did a little bit of everything for you in June, and you remember the two-run home run that he hit off of Jose Alvarado, the only offense they had to speak of in that game, which looked like it was going to be the game winner, not end up the, being the case there in game one against the Phillies. But disappointing for Juan Yepes. He'll be back. He'll be back up for sure. He's going to keep battling out. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He has a good approach, good idea of what he's doing. But a big congratulations to Taylor Motter for making this roster. A guy came in under the radar, battled it out, and made the team. That's exactly what Ollie and Mo and everybody talked about. Said it is going to be a competitive camp. There are going to be jobs that are won. Well, Jordan Walker won a job. Taylor Motter won a job. And in the bullpen, I think the main surprise out of the bullpen and some things did shift with the injury of Adam Wainwright as we talked about last week. You've got Jake Woodford who was going to be in this bullpen. He gets pushed into the rotation, which I'm happy for him and he earned this job of getting in the rotation. 
But I, I think the surprise is probably from the left side of having Packy Naughton make the team. And I think that Packy Naughton, he ended up taking advantage of a couple of lefties not being there as well. Henesis Cabrera left for a little bit with the World Baseball Classic. You had Jojo Romero playing for Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. And it provided more and more reps and opportunity for Packy Naughton. Now, when you go and look at the overall numbers for him during spring training, they don't look outstanding. Now, they are skewed by after he was placed on the team or at least said he would be on the roster that he gave up five runs his next time out. That puts a dent in anything in spring training. But Packy was showing a little bit more velocity. He was showing better feel for his slider, and we've talked a ton about his splits. He struggled mightily against right-handers last year. It was something that looked a lot better in spring training, but it's going to have to continue to progress. He's going to have to land that slider for a strike. He's going to have to be able to steal strike one, and then he's going to have to be able to bury that thing and still really get his fastball in on the right-handers. I feel like that's a huge key for him. I'm sure it was a huge hit for Henesis Cabrera not being the other lefty in the pen. I really feel like they want to see how he responds to this. If if all things being equal, Henesis has a higher upside, I would believe, than Packy Naughton, but I'm not sure they feel like they can fully trust him right now. You look at the, the velo has been down a little bit for him. I find it difficult to build an atmosphere in spring training when you're a guy that's pitched in the big leagues. But we saw him, you know, mainly 94, 95, which plays in uh, in spring training. But we've seen that guy up to 97 to 99 with a wipeout breaking ball. I think they want to see some of that back with Henesis Cabrera. So I do believe that that second left-handed spot in the bullpen, there could be some churn there. This might be one where they look at it with Packy and say, okay, well, this isn't a perfect fit, but we believe it's the right fit for now, and we're going to give him a chance to continue to keep this job. Audition throughout the year, that's what you want on a roster. You want some competition. Packy Naughton has one option left, so you could always send him out if somebody else is getting the job done at AAA and he's not getting the job done. But I think that's really the lone surprise when it comes to the bullpen makeup. So Miles Michaelis is going to be getting the nod on opening day, a job that absolutely was going to go to Adam Wainwright, but the groin injury that he suffered while getting a workout in with the World Baseball Classic Team USA, that sets him back. Miles Michaelis gets the nod, and Miles Michaelis is more than deserving of this opportunity. All things being equal, no legacy, no nothing, which I know you you can't do, you don't do. But with your staff, even with Wainwright healthy, Michaelis would probably be the guy that would have gotten, again, all things being equal, the start there. Very solid season for the Cardinals last year. 202 and a third innings for Miles Michaelis last year. One of only eight pitchers in Major League Baseball to surpass the 200-inning mark which is kind of crazy in its own right that you don't have more guys going over that mark. But the game has changed this third time around and having fresh relievers. A lot of it makes sense on the surface. I would just love to see starting pitchers get deeper and deeper into ball games. But that's the goal for Miles Michaelis. He said it last year coming into spring training that he wanted to throw 200 innings. And you looked at it on the surface like, boy, that's that's good. to That's nice to say. But, Miles, you've thrown 44 and two-thirds innings combined through 2020 and 2021. As you remember, he missed all of 2020. He was limited to nine starts in 2021. So the thought of him going out there and throwing 200 innings was a bit far-fetched. 
He said, well, no, it's not. He was an all-star last year. He put up the numbers that we were talking about, and he plans on doing that again. By the way, another congratulations to Miles Michaelis. He signs himself a two-year extension, $40 million deal with the Cardinals, and this was a no-brainer. Talked about it last podcast. I thought that they would still get a deal done with somebody, and he was the guy that I was hoping for. I'm so glad for the organization that you have more stability. Now you have at least two starters that are under your control past this year and you've got a good one and I believe that you have a leader in Miles Michaelis this guy does everything right he's got a really good personality he's great with his teammates he works tirelessly you talk to those that are in there the strength staff he's one of the strongest guys on the team and he's one of the hardest workers on the team those are the guys the hard workers that you generally want to pour your money into you know uh, Goldie pretty hard worker Nolan Arenado pretty hard worker it's a amazing how these things work so good for him good for the organization and I'm excited for Miles to get this opening day nod now certainly not going to be an easy one against the Toronto Blue Jays Toronto Blue Jays as we talked about before going to counter with Alec Manoa in game one the 25 year old right-hander was third in the Cy Young race last year in the American League he's got wipeout stuff he's a competitor it's going to be a great battle and you talk about a battle for Miles Michaelis look at this lineup they're throwing out there. George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who had, uh, in his eyes, a down year last year. He still had a 132 WRC+. plus. Uh, he hit a bunch of home runs, drove in runs. It just 2021, he set the freaking bar so high with 48 home runs. But he's looking to bounce back, if you will. They picked up Dalton Varsho in a trade with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They wanted to bring in a little bit more balance in their lineup. He swings from the left side, probably going to be playing left field from them. Uh, Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen will split the catching dirty, uh, duties. I'd be surprised if we didn't see Kirk, who is a little bit better offensive player on opening day. Brandon Belt picked him up, spent his whole career in the Bay Area with the Giants. Again, needed more balance in that lineup. He'll get a lot of the DH duties. I would expect that on opening day. Maybe stay Guerrero over at first base every once in a while. But Brandon Belt, a solid addition. Matt Chapman. One of the better third basemen in the game, looking for a bounce-back year offensively, just had a down year last year, free agent at the end of this year. Kind of know how that works out. You remember they made the trade for Whit Merrifield last year. He's coming in. He'll play second base for the Blue Jays. And Kevin Kiermeyer, another lefty that they picked up, elite defender, doesn't do much with the bat, but he'll roam center field for the Toronto Blue Jays. So going to be quite a challenge for Miles Michaelis on opening day. The rest of the series is going to be Kevin Gosman against Jack Flaherty in game two, Chris Bassett and Jordan Montgomery in game three of the series. I'm pumped up to watch a full season of Jordan Montgomery as well. Again, game three of the series for Jordan Montgomery against Chris Bassett and the Toronto Blue Jays. Same thing to be said with Steven Matz, who had a really good spring training, looking to bounce back from an injury-riddled year. Only 15 games, 10 starts for Steven Matz. I believe that we're going to see Steven Matz in Game 2 against the Braves. Jake Woodford will get Game 1 against the Braves, split up those left-handers a little bit, uh, but looking forward to watching him as well as we get things kicked off in 2023. Now, I guess that we can't do a season preview the final podcast before the regular season without throwing out at least a couple of sure-to-be-wrong predictions, right? Let's start with a win total. Where do you believe the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals are going to be 
in terms of wins. Last year they won 93 games. They won the division, as you know. Where are they going to be this year? I got my numbers set a little higher. I believe that this starting staff is better than they were last year. The full season of Montgomery and Mats, as you mentioned, you get Jack Flaherty back, and this lineup, as we talked about off the top, maybe I'm overly optimistic due to the fact that, first of all, it's in my nature. You guys know this. If you listen to me, I am way too optimistic at times. But, two, I'm looking at this on paper, and a lot of these things make sense. I'm setting my win total for the Cardinals at 98 games. That's not crazy, is it? Is 98 games way too high for the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals? You're saying, Brad, you you homer. You're such a homer, and you're way too sunshine and lollipops. They haven't won that many games since 2015 when they won 100 games. There's no way. No way. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I believe in this group. I do. I believe in what they've got. I believe in what's coming. Also, when you got Mason Wynn having the spring that he had knocking on the door, talked about him last podcast, all things being equal again. If I'm just eyeball test picking a team, he's starting at shortstop for me. Like that's the that's how good he looked. If you're just using spring training as your barometer and that young man's going to be in the big leagues before you know it because it's pretty hard to overlook the skill set that he has but that's where I'm putting the win total for the Cardinals I'm putting it at 98 I believe that uh, that's where they're going to be MVP it's uh it, it seems rude to go against you know the reigning MVP Paul Goldschmidt and I'm not going against him here. I'm just picking somebody else on the Cardinals to be their team MVP this year. I'm going Nolan Arenado, the guy that was third in the MVP race. Another big year for Nolan Arenado last year. It was a 30-home run campaign yet again for him. Drove in 103. The average was up. All the things that he was upset about, right? Average went up. OBP went up. Slug went up. Consistency went up overall for Nolan Arenado. And I believe that that is going to happen again for him. Nolan Arenado did not uh, opt out of his deal. He saw Manny Machado cash in on a mega deal. He knew that he was in the right spot. And we've seen it. We know how comfortable he is. But I believe that he's going to take even another step, if, in fact, that's possible forward in 2023. As far as Cy Young for the Cardinals go, I feel like there's uh, some mixed results here. I've been talking to a lot of people of who they are our highest on going into it. Look, I think I'm going to go with the chalk on this one, and I'm going to pick the guy that is tabbed for opening day tomorrow. I'm going Miles Michaelis. When healthy. And I'm pretty sure that we could say this about every pitcher. When healthy, Miles Michaelis has been a very consistent performer for the St. Louis Cardinals. We saw him when he came over in 2018. He was an all-star. He was sixth in the Cy Young, over 200 innings that year. 2019, 184 innings, made 32 starts in each of those two years. We mentioned the 2020, 2021, dealt with injuries. Those two years combined, only nine starts. But then he bounces back last year, gives you 33 games, 32 starts, and he's just been there. I, I get it that he's not striking out the world. He's under seven strikeouts per nine that would not be labeled dominant and usually not the type of guy that wins a quote-unquote Cy Young. That doesn't mean he can't be your most valuable pitcher. He gets a lot of weak contact. He works fast. He works deep into games. And I believe that Miles Michaelis is going to be able to do that again. Rookie of the year. Boy, where are we going to go with this one? Hmm, I've been hemming. I've been hawing. And it's toss-up. 
I'm going to go with Jordan Walker. Anybody, uh, anybody have any other ideas? Anybody want somebody else? If you want to beat the table about anybody, please let me know. But I'm going to go with the guy, Jordan Walker, who's going to be there. He's going to be in the lineup opening day. And for fans that haven't had a chance, maybe didn't watch much spring training, or maybe you didn't read a ton about this young man, but I can't wait. I can't wait for you to watch him. He is going to be a stud. I hope that Mason Wynn is in this conversation at some point for the Cardinals as well as we were just hyping him up. But Jordan Walker ends up being the guy. Comeback player of the year. I've got two candidates, and I want them to duke it out all season long because if they do, this team's going to be in really good shape. But I'm going to pick Steven Matz as my comeback player of the year. Steven Matz last year, mentioned the numbers, it was 15 games, it was 10 starts, he had a shoulder issue, then he tore his MCL in his knee trying to get over for a baseball against the Reds, and it just it stunk. It was a bad first year after signing a four-year, $44 million deal. And as frustrating as it could be on the fan base side, it's like, oh, that was your big ticket acquisition. Look at him. How frustrating do you think that dude was? Like, he was upset. He's angry about how he went last year. You look in spring training, nobody throwing the ball better than him in Cardinal camp. He's ready to get locked and loaded this year in 2023. And I feel like he still feels like he wants to prove what he is to Cardinal fans because he didn't really get that opportunity last year. I believe that he's going to do it. The other guy I want him duking it out with all year is Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, a free agent at the end of the year, as we all know. Jack Flaherty has dealt with injuries the last couple of years. We've seen dominance out of Jack Flaherty before. But 2019 feels like a really long time ago. Boy, we've been through a lot since the second half of 2019, haven't we? Life's changed just a little bit. I want things to change back to that for Jack Flaherty. Health is the biggest key. Is Jack going to be healthy? We've seen the last couple of outings of spring training. The velocity's been there. Hasn't put the ball exactly where he wanted to. The numbers don't look good. I don't care at all about the spring training numbers of Jack Flaherty. I care about what he does in the season. I care about is Jack Flaherty healthy? Is he ready to roll for 30-plus starts this year? Because if he is, the birds are in good shape. How about biggest surprise? I don't know if that's a prediction necessarily, and I don't even know if it's fair to call these guys surprises because I do believe overall on this team, again, overly optimistic. I'm going to go with the guy, though, that I feel like a lot of people gave up on last year, even though he was incredibly young and didn't even get that many big league at-bats. I'm going to say the biggest surprise in 2023 is going to be Nolan Gorman. Gorman, again, went out there and made some changes. He knew how everybody was attacking him. It was going to be the fastball up. He couldn't get to it, and everybody in baseball knew he couldn't get to that pitch. So what did he do? Did he go into the offseason and do the same old same? No. He revamped his swing. And uh, Derek Gould at the Post-Dispatch, by the way, did a really good piece about this and about the different changes that he made. But just a, a little snapshot of it kind of started in the weight room. He started doing medicine ball stuff where he's pulling the ball back into his load, getting his stride, and just getting that strength of his hands going back and forward as opposed to that arch that is going up, that uphill swing, that uppercut swing. And he worked on high T drills. Like, he's just been beating this into his head all offseason long, and it clicked for him. And we've seen the results in spring training. His spring training was capped off by his fourth home run, tying the team lead with Brendan Donovan against the Orioles on Monday. 
He's hitting line drives, and he's got the power to get those line drives out of the ballpark. Gorman doesn't have to hit these majestic moon shots, okay? They don't have to be 500-foot home runs. He needs to barrel the ball consistently, and this is something when asked at the end of the season of what does Gorman have to do in his swing? What does he have to change? I said he's got to start working from the top down, all right, from the top of his swing down instead of looking down, looking for that big pitch because he's going to get pitched up high, and that's exactly what he's done in spring. He's got his sights set high, but then he's able to react to everything else he'll let the ball travel he'll drive it the other way and he's got big time pop I think that he's going to be a big surprise for the Cardinals this year so things are getting kicked off opening day is coming up it's tomorrow I hope everybody's there I can't wait to be a part of it uh, yet again get the opportunity to be on the call on Bally Sports alongside Chip Carey the whole crew is going to be out there for opening day We're going to have a blast. I know you're going to be there. And let's have some fun with this this season. It's the Redbird Report podcast. I can't wait to actually talk about real stuff going on throughout the year with you guys. Again, if you got any questions, if you got anything you want to kick around, hit me up on Twitter, at BThompson48. That's at BThompson48 on Twitter. Uh, We'll kick around some ideas. If your question is, can you have my green seats, the answer is no, okay? I I got a bunch of these the other day when it came out that I'm going to be doing some more games this year on the broadcast. You have no idea how many people not only, like, tweeted me, but, like, direct messages, and I've got friends, if you, if you call them friends, that are texting me about these green seats. You can't have them because I don't have them. If I had them, you know that you – You specifically listening right now would be the first one to get them, uh, but I don't have them. So sorry about the green seeds, but anything other than that, we got you covered. It's the Redbird Report podcast. Hit me up with any of your questions. Can't wait. Opening day. Let's have fun. Let's make it a great 2023. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Check out every episode at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app.